Oh, let's 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 check. just do an individual. Check, check the mics. All right. Doug, uh, check. Aziz, check. Moshe, check. Neil Brennan. Now you're fucking with the champs. <laughs> Hi, this is Doug. Yeah, Doug in first. Wait, fuck I'm coming no, you, no, Doug. Back off, I'm Neil. Coming in fuck first. you, Doug. Uh, hey, the Wait, Neil Brennan. Let Doug go. No, but he didn't. He just sat there. He just wanted to say his name first, All like right, on the on it. YouTube. I'm proud of you, Doug. Hey, Neil first. Brennan, I'm going to be in D.C., Washington D.C. at the Improv, 13, 14, 15, 16 of September. Come fuck with me. Yo, it's Moshe Kasher. How's it going? Uh, I got this. La- Man, fuck you. I got this Lance Bangs. Uh, it's going great. I, How are you? I'm good, thank you. And uh, glad you asked. Uh, I have this Lance Bangs birthday party over at Cine Family on September 8th happening, and then I'm going to be at the Riot LA Festival and the Toronto Just for Last Festival same weekend. I'm going to be there too. It's the weekend of the 21st to the 23rd. So if you're in LA or Toronto, you can come fuck with me same I'm in, weekend. I'm in Toronto also. And New Normal, that's Neil con- in continuing to inject his ego into this. And the New Normal premieres is September 11th, so fuck with it. This is Doug. Fuck with me September 10th. At UCB Theater, Crash Test, 11 p.m. with Paul Shear, Aziz's friend. <laughs> and uh, I'll be in Australia with Tim and Eric late in September. Look it up. And speaking of Australia. I'm going to be in Australia around the same time. Yeah, we're going to try to. When? Introduce yourself. This is Aziz. Wait, uh, yeah, this is Aziz. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I happen to be uh, in uh, playing in Australia around the same time Doug is. Where should they go for tickets? Um... Tour.azizansari.com. Tour.azizansari.com. So fuck with Aziz. He's going to be in Los Angeles, New York, and Australia coming up very soon. But for now, let's fuck with the champs. You're about to be fucking with the champs. Now you're fucking with the champs. Like his beat? Did you make that beat? I wish I did. Who did? John Wayne. Oh shit, I didn't know he did that. Yeah, that cat was talented. Be John Wayne, too. Is that the guy's name? John Wayne? His name is John Wayne, but no H. No Gacy, just John Wayne. Hey everybody, you're here and you're fucking with the champs on another exciting episode of your favorite podcast featuring your favorite misanthropic dysfunctional family. My name is Moshe Kasher. I'm excited to be here. Neil, say hi. Hi. Doug. Hi. Hi. And our guest this week, a very exciting guest. We're, we're super happy to have him. He's a, a friend of a friend of the podcast, a friend of a friend of comedy. You know him from Parks and Rec. You know him from Comedy Central. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Aziz Ansari. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for having me. Hey, All right, come coming. on, man. Uh, we move anything the, we can do to. Although you were gonna hook come, you, you were gonna finally come to Venice. Because I asked you like a year ago if you wanted to do it. And you were like, yo, man, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm going to fuck with Venice like that. It's so, I live on the other end of town. <laughs> no, I know, We've been trying guys. to tell this motherfucker <laughs> that for a year. Our new location is opening up a lot. of. No, I, but except he was going to anyway. No, I, and I, w- I didn't ever say I was able to. You texted me like the day of. You're like, hey, man, you feel like coming to Venice right now to do my podcast? <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't feel like doing that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was like, the damages that you're giving me. Even if I was available, I don't think I would like immediately come. I would love to go to <laughs> as a backup podcast. You love, hey, Aziz, guest. you love traffic, right? You could, could <laughs> have probably just text. Tech- now, you now I was thinking we were just thinking about you in general. You don't like to drive by yourself, huh? I don't like to drive by myself. Yeah, Wait, I always feel like you're from? carpooling. 
I'm always carpooling. <laughs> yeah, Wait, how did this stereotype that? start? You don't know yeah, about he's that? He's got this you weird rumor going that Aziz you don't Aziz like to drive in a car by yourself. Because Aziz, I'm sorry, man. Everybody knows that cat doesn't drive alone, dude. <laughs> no. I mean, that's impossible in L.A. You're always driving by yourself. I know, but like... But whenever you go, like we went to Irvine, we went together. Okay, yeah. So you 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 think we should have taken separate cars to a comedy show we were doing An together in away. Irvine? Uh, I heard a rumor about you that you don't like to wear purple shirts. Is that true? Is that a fact? Is that a no, no, no. And then the other night you were at a party. You're always like, hey, are you going? Come with. Let's go together. Maybe it's a drinking. I heard and driving you were thing. friendly, Aziz. Is that true? <laughs> it, maybe it's a drinking. Okay, whatever, whatever. I heard you're trying to lessen your carbon footprint, Aziz. Is that yeah. a true rumor? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like you're you're known for your carpooling. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mention that as one of your credits. I'm sorry. You know the you know, dude, he's a carpooler. Did, you probably <laughs> rented a car with him at some yeah. point in the past few weeks. Oh my God. Who? Y'all know you just dropped him off here. If you was ever trying to save sorry. some money on bridge toll, you definitely met this next cat. No, but you like... You, you ever went? been at a party with this right, guy? You I live in the you. same neighborhood? You definitely been hit up by this fool. Probably wondering if you wanted to share a ride home or if you needed a ride. It's you know who we're talking about. It's the carpooler. It's the carpooler of comedy, Aziz Ansari. You come out on stage in a in the passenger seat of someone else's car, and your your whole your po your posse gets out of the back seat and is like, "Yeah, my yeah, yeah. we've been riding with carbon footprint." Uh, no, well, you carpooled Saturday night to a party. <laughs> no, drunk. I didn't. Car well, no, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. And then you carpooled with two last other guys night. that that uh, that live are also passionate around about me. And well, that's smart because then less also, drunk drivers. Yeah, I, I'm just trying. I mean, I don't. I, and I then think you in LA, people last night with with Morgan, and I felt like this. Yeah, guy that was that was me, Morgan, and Joe Mandy all carpooled together because we all live in Los Feliz. This guy feels like he loves. Carpooling. carpooling. Yeah, I, I, you got real defensive at the beginning of these, but it turns out you've been busted. Right. You're a carpooler. <laughs> I mean, I guess like you guys might have a skewed perception, but <laughs> you just run into me a lot of times. When I've been carpooling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like once a week. I see you all the time. You're carpooling. Um, all right, now where do you don't? Now here's the other thing about you. Do you rent an apartment or you own an apartment? In LA, I, yeah. I just uh, I just rent a place. Isn't that weird? Don't you feel like you've made You've done enough. Like, um, he's he, a New Yorker. Yeah, I but love he New doesn't York rent. And you you rent there too, though. Um, you know, I don't really spend money. I don't know why. Is that <laughs> I told. I said that to somebody, and they said that's an Indian thing. Um, maybe that's the carpool thing. I'm saving it's, money. It's, it's all goes back to. <laughs> no, I think. Uh, no, I I I'm gonna buy a place, but uh, you know, I think doing. You know what we do with acting and stand up and stuff. You don't really know where you're gonna live, but I'm gonna buy a place in New York. I, I've been looking at places, but I haven't seen one that I want to buy yet. But uh, I'm also super indecisive. And, hard, and that's a big. And when person. you buy a place, it's a big investment. And also with like Parks and Rec, it's like you know I don't I like New York over L. A. So when I moved here and like uh you know Parks and Rec, it's always been like oh well we think we're coming back for right, another season yeah. it might be canceled. So it's like I'm sure as soon as I as soon as I buy a house, that's when the show will get canceled. So <laughs> I also don't want to buy a house for that reason uh, but, uh no so yeah because you, you never know where you're gonna where you're gonna be planning your your roots doing this kind of stuff you, you know, know what i mean but i i think i'm gonna get a place in new york because i think uh new york i really love and also for stand-up i find i write way more and perform more in new york so i think i'll always need some base the fuck york. you say to my sister <laughs> <laughs> whereas la i feel like not much stuff shoots here anymore uh so i don't think you necessarily need to live in la you that's where we first uh really fuck with each other it's like a year ago 
in New, in York. New York. Yeah. Yeah. Let me guess. You guys were in a car together? <laughs> we work hard. Like, look, I'd love to say we weren't carpooling. <laughs> New York. I mean, great. look, Aziz, New York you want like... me to say that I wasn't, <laughs> look, we weren't riding around in cabs? Aziz, we caught a cab. To you me, that's carpooling. That's true. I do remember we'd leave the comedy slab and be like, hey, man, are you doing that show in Brooklyn? We should just ride together. <laughs> that definitely happened a Tip- couple of times. Typical Aziz. Fucking Aziz, man. I can't ride. I can't focus. No, Aziz, always, I don't want to ride in a cab want, with you. I want to take a separate cab yeah, right Jesus. behind your cab. <laughs> I love the idea of this is the major theme of your life. We somehow yeah, re- so re- love this is a bombshell. Re- reconstructed your entire career and life through the lens of Yo, carpooling. Yo, we went deep on this motherfucker. There's going to be a carpool expose on yeah. HuffPo yeah. tomorrow. At least. Uh, it's gonna slideshow no, yeah. of ten other celebrities that also carpool a lot. Side splitter, comedian, Aziz Ansari admits to carpooling addiction. And then, no, fuck you. And then we were at that party, and remember when I had like the Which paparazzi, party? and I had to do a U-turn on Sunset, and you had like you ran out. Carpool with me. Wait, where was that? It was the. It was somebody's. It was like Mindy's birthday party last year on Sunset. Oh, okay, and we, yeah. Then we rode down to the other and club. I, yeah, yeah well, another yeah. carpool experience. Look, guys, it's not unfounded. Yeah. I'm gonna look, Aziz. I'm gonna drop it. <laughs> but I just, I just look, I, hey, I'm gonna own it now. I guess I yeah. do carpool. You love because I love the environment. And I hate drunk driving. If yeah. those two things are problems, then then yeah, I love carpooling. Yeah. Those worst traits. Um. Now what? Uh, where should we even begin with you? You're not black. We only have black people on there. Oh really? Um. Yeah. I'm uh, a minority. He's not black. No. But I do feel like uh, for uh, that you have a real affinity for black culture. Mm, yeah, I mean, I like hip-hop music. Yeah, and, and in a weird way, hip-hop has become what we mean when we talk about black culture. We mean hip-hop culture. Yeah, but we also, we've had people that are not, That's like... That's true, for sure. That are not hip-hop people. Right. Nicole Richie. Right, not, for sure. Although not. she's... So I, no, she's not hip hop at all. Yeah. What am I talking about? Um, you're, and you, I was going to say we were going to go friend, black friend for black friend. Oh, Aziz. I think Aziz. Well, actually, yeah, you guys might be able to write. I'm not saying other. famous. I'm just right. saying black. Just say something about black folk. I mean, Aziz, you, did you grow up listening to hip hop? Is that the soundtrack of your life? I did. It's something that's so fascinating to me now to look back on just how. Uh, say something about black folks. Like gangster <laughs> rap, like those, like, you know, Dr. J, Snoop Dogg albums. Those are you, Wu Tang, those are ubiquitous where I went to school. Yeah. Right? In, I went to school in Bennettsville, South Carolina, a town of like 10,000 people or something. And kids there, it was an all-white school. Everyone knew all those albums and songs because MTV and everything. It's like, wow, that stuff is so, you know, it's like hardcore gangster it's rap. It's really like hardcore. Third, fourth grade white kids in South Carolina. Like this, for something to be that pervasive is so insane and while to think you, about it now to see like oh to like gone through the process of seeing how they like market a movie or you know seeing musician friends put on music and stuff to see like wow that stuff was so huge yeah it was huge a buddy of mine was at coachella with his kids and when when dre and snoop were on mm-hmm. and it was like they played the the lick my ball whatever the nate dog they did like the nate dog tribute and it was like oh yeah and you even licked my, lick my ball. And he looked over at his kids, and they and were covering their ears. Yeah. Oh, they were covering. They were their covering their ears because they knew, like, this is horrible. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, no, this is what me and your mom used to fuck with. Yeah. This is how we met. The, to me, there's nothing funnier than being at a club and they put that song on and all these, all watching all these women like sing along to this horrible misogynist <laughs> anthem. Oh, yeah, like, 
It ain't no fun if the homies can't have none is the sh- creepiest. Oh, it's a horrible. It's a song about it's, gang rape. But at the same, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they're like, you know, I uh, I heard some interview like uh, they did with like Jay-Z on like Fresh Air and they're asking him about like, you know, those kind of lyrics. He's like, well, the guy's also only 19 years old. <laughs> like, he, yeah. he's, he's stupid. He's 19 years old. Yeah. Right. I mean, how old was Snoop Dogg when Doggy Style came out? Like, yeah, probably yeah. 18, he was 19 like 19 years old. Yeah. yeah, of course he's thinking about his friends getting their balls licked. <laughs> <laughs> that's the coolest shit in the world if you're 19 years old. <laughs> that's all that's happened to him. Did you hear? Somebody licked my balls. <laughs> balls. Curtis? Yeah, no, he got his balls licked. Are no you way. fucking stop the car? <laughs> Did you that's call her back? Coolest. Of course I didn't call her back. She licked my balls. Are you are you guys like fascinated by like how old people are when stuff goes down? Like that stuff is so fascinating. Yeah, like, like what? Like that Snoop Dogg was like 19 years old when uh, Doggy Style came out, or like uh, Prince was like 26 when he made Purple Rain or something that's, like that. Yeah, that's insane. Oh, now um, that we're like adults. Yeah, yeah. Or I, even when I was growing, I remember at the uh, I had the first like comedy club I was like past that that I did a lot was a comic strip. And at the comic strip, they have two newspaper clippings up. One is for Eddie Murphy, and one is for Adam Sandler. And yeah. Adam Sandler, you read like Adam Sandler's, it's like he's in NYU. He's like headlining at the strip. Yeah. That alone is pretty cool. Yeah. Like legit get Saturday spot the strip. Then he was on the Cosby show at the same time. Uh-huh. And then you read Eddie Murphy's, and he's like, you know, just killing everywhere. And he's like, you How know. How old was he? He was 20, 21. No, he was 19. Yeah, there's a lot. When, when he made Delirious, he was like 22 or 23. Crazy. And he was on mm-hmm. SNL, and he was like 18. I think he might even be younger than that. I think he might have been 21 for Delirious. I, uh, I, and I, when he was on SNL, he was like 19, 20, right. 21, And when 22. Dr. Dre made The Chronic, he was 50 years old <laughs> <laughs> at that time. Uh, and did you – so there were no black dudes where you grew up? Where I grew up? Uh, I went to like the, the, uh, to a school where there was like all white kids. Like the public schools in South Carolina are notoriously bad. It's always like 48th or 50th in ranking. So my, my parents sent me to the private school, and that was all white kids. Mm-hmm. No minorities, no Asian people, nothing. I was you the were the only, only one? Only non-white person the oh. whole time I was in the school. From so you first are to black. Grade. I mean, for all intents and purposes, you <laughs> for, might yeah, as well be black. Yeah, you're an outsider. Yeah. Um, I remember where were we? We were eating a long time ago, and somebody said the N word, and I was kind of like, "How that feel?" And you were like, "Yeah, I wasn't that into that." <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, wait, where was, was that? I'm trying uh, to remember that. The, the hungry cl- cat. Me, and someone, you, and Sandberg, and maybe Jonah, and, and, and someone, someone, somebody just said dropped something. an N bomb. Yeah, but it was like. It was, it was to be something? fair. It was nigger night at the Hungry Cat. <laughs> Technically, yeah. It was, I mean, when so. I was growing up there, there was kids that yelled that kind of stuff at me. Not all the time, but like it definitely happened. So yeah, I mean, that's like close <laughs> enough. It's like, well, we don't have I any mean, around. And so. if anyone's yelling that stuff, chances are they're not going to be a fan of me either. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh wait, are you? You're not black. You're, you're uh, yeah. What are you? You're Indian. Yeah. What uh, what do your parents do? I'm gonna tell you something about niggas. Uh, my dad, <laughs> my my dad is a uh, is a gastroenterologist, and my mom like works at his office, kind of managing the office. And so when you entered into private school, what, like what was there a memory that you have of be- feeling like, oh shit, I'm I'm not white? Was it sleepaway or was it you like know, Catholic school? Wh- wh- no, those are like, your only two like options. Regular, it's just like regular school. <laughs> <laughs> sleepaway school or a Catholic school? Those it are the was two like schools. The regular school. Like a like a wear a suit and tie type shit? No, no, no. Oh, just a regular school, but you just gotta pay. It's not like a, a public school. So it was a boarding school. Not a boarding school. So it was a school it's on a ship. A regular school. So on a boat. Was it on a ship? It's like a finishing school. Was it a Sea Org on an island? Were you on an island? It was just a regular school. All right, all right. But uh, you know the thing about that stuff is, 
if you don't have any frame of reference, nothing seems weird. Right. Like growing up in a really, really southern rednecky type town, you don't realize that it's that until you go to other places and you look back on it. You know what I mean? Like at the time, you don't realize like how southern sh- shit is. You know what right. I mean? You're just like, oh, these people just like biscuits. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> then you leave and go to other places. Like, man, biscuits aren't around as much as they were back there. Maybe I really was in a redneck town. Did you uh, ever feel any kind of prejudices? Yeah, here and there, but overall it was fine. It's pretty m- I mean, it's not like the stories you hear about. Other, like I've heard about like Asian kids getting rocks thrown at them and shit and like awful, awful stuff. I didn't have it that bad. Right. And then, but you knew you wanted to. You sort of wanted to get out. You had like your. You had. You wanted to do like you wanted to leave the South, right? I wanted to leave a small town. I was always bored. There's nothing to do there. There wasn't even a movie theater or anything. I was definitely like always like, ugh. There's nothing to do here. There's nothing to do here. There's nothing to do here. Like you know. And this is before the internet and stuff. I think the internet's definitely helped out. Mm. Yeah. Anybody that's been stuck in a small town tremendously. Because they have an access to all of the media. Everything. And you didn't used to have that. Yeah, I was talking to someone. I always think. Yeah, go ahead. I was talking to someone about this other day. Like I remember, like when you'd go to like rent movies, and it's like they have one copy of this thing or whatever. Now it's like you can see everything. There's no reason for any kid to be bored anywhere. But I always love the idea of like a of, of a person like stumbling upon a punk record in some small town and that it changing their life like yeah i mean i guess that happens now but in a much less cool way it's like yeah. and then i saw this yeah blog i mean also it's like <laughs> stumble upon it on facebook on your yeah. feed yeah it's well, not that's what i'm saying is lame. that everybody has all the access to everything but do you don't you think do you ever feel like i could fucking live in wherever no never because that's the thing. It's I like, don't feel I, like it now, but man, what, did, don't you think like? Did you guys? Did you guys grow up in a small town? Or you all grew up in big. No, town? I mean, I, I, outside suburbs. Philly, like the suburbs yeah. of Philly. Yeah, but you still have Philly close. Like if you're, if you're in like a small town like that, like in South Carolina or something, you feel cut off from everything. No one comes and tours in your town or anything. You're so right. cut off. I imagine the internet's a huge thing, a huge deal for for people in towns like that. Because I mean, I think if I was, if the internet was really big the way it is now back then, like I would be making videos all the time. I would be so into all that kind of stuff because it's. Like, like right. you have a chance to kind of peek into the 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 rest of the the culture. You but know? do you think it might have kept you in a smaller in the small town and not made you leave? You would have felt more connected. No, to I the, definitely would have still left eventually. Yeah. I feel like all, all the kids now that leave these small towns and stuff, they're way familiar with the culture of right. like Brooklyn. Well, or what's funny whatever, is they you know? know they, they know, know everything the about yeah. Like they know kids will do like hipster like trips. We're like, we're going to fucking go to New York, and we're going to get a Hannibal show, and uh-huh. then we're going to go to the cake shop, and wherever the fucking yeah, places yeah, yeah, to yeah. go are. The, what was yeah, the barrier to like knowing about cool stuff is, is just those barriers are gone. It's what a, way easier. What about girls? When you were there and you were the only non-white kid, did you have trouble getting girls? Um, I mean, I, I, I you know, I don't even remember like being like that, like... Uh, you're not like a you don't you're not that like you're not a girl chaser. I no. wasn't aggressive no, 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 no. about girls back then, but I think I was I, I did okay. Yeah, I was fine, but it you know. He ain't uh, no bitch. It ain't no, no. thing. <laughs> it ain't no thing. <laughs> it ain't no thing. So then all right, so then you moved to New York. So you applied to NYU. You were a good student? Yeah, I was a, a really good. Yes. Student. Come on, he's Indian. Yeah. yeah. Get real. I'm sorry. You guys, I'm sorry. And then you got into NYU for what? I went to NYU for weirdly for the business school. Did you kind of think like 
I, yeah. yeah, as soon as I got there, I was sketched out because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll go to business school and start my own business. Like, that could be something cool. Like, I had an uncle that had his own business. And I was like, oh, that seems interesting to kind of own your own business. What kind of business do you think you would start? If I don't didn't? know. I never, biscuit, I never biscuit figured business. it out. Yeah, biscuits. Bi- Actually, carpool, that is a good business, business idea because I'm always trying to find biscuits and I can't find them. So well, There you go. Um, carpooling and biscuits. That's biscuits it. are so good. Why are they not at more restaurants? Biscuits. So NYU. NYU. And yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was like, oh, I'll just go to business school. Maybe I'll figure out some sort of own my own business, start a business, be an entrepreneur. And then I got there, and it's all like kids that are super into finance. Like I didn't know what Goldman Sachs was and all that stuff. Right. And that was all those kids cared about. They were just like, oh, I'm gonna be a finance major, make a lot of money. And I immediately was like, oh, I gotta get out of here. Um, and I had friends that were in Tish and stuff. I was like, oh, this seems cool. Like they're doing cool stuff that seems fun. But I was just too lazy to put together a packet to transfer. And then again, I was gonna transfer to Gallatin. Gallatin's like the create your own major thing. And then I was too lazy to put together a packet for that. And by then, I was doing stand up, and I was like, eh. I definitely remember like specifically being like in a class one day, and they were like passing stuff out, and I was like, I don't give a shit about this stuff. I'm just gonna like coast through, get my degree, and then I'm gonna do something with comedy. I think. At the least, I'll be able to just tour doing stand-up in clubs. You know, I felt confident enough that I could do that. What made you decide to do comedy in the first place at all? Just, I mean, does anyone have a much different story than this? I was just like, you know, uh, friends were just telling me I was funny and, oh, yeah. you should try it. And, and that just happened a couple of times with different groups of people. And I was like, oh, that, that's interesting. You know, I always like telling stories and things like that. So, uh, you know, I tried it and, and, and I really enjoyed it. And, I, you know, I never took a break or anything. I just been I, doing it since then. I think I might have. When did you, you were in freshman year? It was summer of 2001, so summer of my freshman year, yeah. I think right. I might have been at your first headlining weekend at a out-of-town club. Was it the Punchline? Punchline in San Francisco? Yeah, at the Sketchfest thing? Maybe, yeah. yeah. That may have been like the first time I did it at an hour. Yeah, that was, was so there. long ago. I remember yeah. those shows, yeah. Yeah, I showed like a video up top. Right, you showed and that baby thing. The, the Shutterbugs. Yeah, Shutterbugs, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that was before, that was right before Human Giant? That was before, yeah, that was before Human Giant was a thing. Yeah, oh, that you was got, a long time ago. Did you guys shoot ago. Shutterbugs? On your own? We shot that on our own. Just for fun? They used to do a thing called Channel... I think they may still do it, but you know they do Channel 101 here. Yeah, They started a Channel 102 in New York, and so we did it for that, but not really. Is that how Human Giant got started? Kind of, but we were kind of just doing... We we were doing bits at at the Crash Test show. Used to be I would host and have a different co-host each week. So the first week I did it, I did it with Rob Hubel. Uh, I knew him a little bit because he was from South Carolina too, so we were kind of friendly with each other. And so I asked him to do it, and he was like, "Yeah, sure." And I was so psyched he was doing it because you know, him he was like one of the like the best like improvisers Tubal's out there. Funny man, he's, he's so, so funny. funny. Yeah, like so and then <clears throat> fucking great. Yeah, and then the next week I did it with Paul Shear, who also was you know just like one of the most respected yeah. dudes out there, you know. And he we had such a fun time. Uh, writing together, me and Paul, and both me and Hubel. And when me and Hubel wrote together, we he we were writing in like a Starbucks, and uh, <laughs> Hubel Hubel doesn't take shits like in public bathrooms ever. Like, like no the man, man after my own heart. <laughs> yeah. So he like went back to his house to go take a shit while I'm just like sitting there. And then he came back and he brought these like little kids headshots, and <laughs> and like we were just he was like yeah I had these headshots that I like got from a friend of mine that does like commercial casting and they're so funny, and we were just looking at them and just like laughing so hard. Because there's just like these like these like cute little kids that just have so much hope and it's just so <laughs> funny and so we just started riffing on them and then we just came up with that bit and now we did that and then we we're like man we should like shoot this as like a short and it was about like an agency where they cast kids right it's uh, yeah it, yeah it's an agency like a, a talent agency for kids it was like CAA for kids or whatever. how did you get uh, Jason Walliner involved. 
Jason is a director, and uh, Jason, I'd seen some stuff he directed for some other people, and it was clear like he knew what he was doing, and so we were like, oh well, um, let's uh, let's see if this guy wants to direct it. Because at first I was like, oh, I'll just shoot it. <laughs> I right. know nothing. Right. I just had some garbage camera. I was like, I'll shoot it. And Hubel was like, maybe we should get someone that knows what they're doing. And then I just called Jason, and uh, he he did it, and like you know he what did a really was great he job. he was just hanging out at UCB. He would just do videos for random comedians here and there, and um, I just seen some of them, and it just seemed like, oh, this guy knows how to edit and like package stuff together and shoot stuff. So he shot it and did a good job, and then we just kept working with him for the other stuff. And the other big video you guys had was the uh, that mixtape thing, right? Yeah, that was a totally random thing. That was like uh, it was called. It was like I had uh, the crash test show, and I did a co-hosting with my two roommates that I lived with at the time. And one of the bits we did was that uh, I challenged my roommate Zach to see if we can who can put together like the shittiest like mixtape of like the worst songs, and the loser would have to like blast the songs out like in the park or something. And <laughs> on it was, a like, boombox. On a boombox, yeah. And it was a very like nothing like bit that we just thought of just for the show. Yeah. And we just shot the video, and it was pretty funny. And so we put it on the internet on like College Humor or something, and it ended up spreading everywhere. And but that I feel like that was like a great start for that. I still feel like that's still who you are. Really? If that makes sense. I yeah, like in a way that like I feel like that's part of your your. I hate the word brand. But I feel like that's the way like Eddie Murphy is like fucking forty eight hours and sketches. I feel like I, I know that's, that's my crazy. Forty eight hours. No, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Aziz. I know. No, that's you remember crazy. that five minute internet video you no, made at the beginning of your career? I know that's, you that's your forty eight hours. <laughs> well, I'm not saying the that's, only thing I don't like. But I'm about saying it. like that's your launching thing, and it's true. It's fucking funny, and it's who you are. I mean, I would say that maybe about Shutterbugs, but the mixtape thing seems like it was such a like. Not much thought put into no. it, but a thing that was just like, oh, it just took off, but it's not something I would ever like, you know. No, that's you. That's who oh, you okay. are. That's <laughs> who you are. And how did you make the ABC single camera uh, show Carpoolers? How- <laughs> <laughs> well, I went in there. I was that like, was you guys, it, right? you know what I like to do? <laughs> you know when you're at a party and you live close to someone else at the party and you didn't drive because you didn't want to drive drunk? And there's a couple of people. They all live in the same neighborhood. Also, do you know who TJ Miller is? <laughs> <laughs> we have one guy attached. He drove me. He's outside. I got a question for you. Well, one of your buddies is Kanye West. Is that true? You're <laughs> <laughs> oh, playing that drop for so long, and that's no, from actually, your letterman, it, right? It, it applies. No, it's, he's no, been playing that drop, and no one has any fucking idea what it is, and I cut it out, but now it's finally four years. <laughs> Was that you? Quit cutting oh. me out. It means something to me. It's abstract. It's letterman. Were you the guest, though, yeah. that he was talking to? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Is that, now, is that true? <laughs> How do you know Kanye? Um, how do I, um, he came to a show I did in Largo. I, I, I did a tour poster that like his glow in the dark tour. Oh, right. Yeah. And I just called my, I was, I was trying to come up with a name for my tour and he put out a tour called the glow in the dark tour and the poster was really cool and everything. I was like, man, I want something like that. Something like the glow in the dark tour. And I was like, all right, I'll just call mine the glow in the dark tour. And I just did the same poster. And, uh, so he saw that and I had to kind of get his approval legally to do that. And um, then he came to my show at Largo and, and enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, we just became friends from that. No. All right. So, no, go. No, I mean, just, <laughs> was there a moment, though, like uh, now uh, – well, I don't want to get far ahead of ourselves with your career. But from being this from this small town in South Carolina and feeling like you had these bigger city aspirations to then, like, kicking it with Kanye West, was there – what was the moment where you went, holy shit, 
this shit is really happening like did you have a moment like that um I don't know. I mean, I think when that kind of stuff happens, it just keeps piling on top of itself and you don't really realize, but there's definitely been a couple of moments where I've been like, wow, I'm I'm really lucky that this worked out and that I'm getting to see this or whatever, but um, no, I mean, to get to see like people like record music and stuff, yeah. like, you know, and the, I mean, the, the cooler thing is like to, to like meet comedians and stuff you looked up to and stuff, like people that you like watch when you're a little kid, like... And to who, get like to meet who? Yeah, who's your ultimate guy? Com- comedy. <laughs> I mean, I don't have. I mean, I guess stand-up wise, like Chris Rock was like such a big deal to me when I was in high school and everything. To like, you know, <clears throat> those are like the cooler moments to me. Like one night when uh, I was dropping into the Comedy Cellar. Comedy Cellar is a club in New York where a lot of people will drop in to like work on material. And uh, I remember when I first went there. Like, one of the first few times I went there, just when I was starting out, I would just go there a lot to, like, watch dudes like Attell and Geraldo and Jim Norton. All these guys were there all the time. And I went there, and <clears throat> and then Chris Rock dropped in to, like, work on new stuff. And I thought it was, like, the coolest shit. Yeah. And, you know, when you're starting out doing comedy, like, to get any stage time, it's, like, a struggle. Like, if sure. you do a show where there's a crowd and it's good and you have a good show, like, that's a huge deal. To, like, do a good quality show that's not, like, a terrible open mic or whatever. And so I saw that and I was like, man, that would be the best if you could just drop into any club. If they were just like, yeah, you go on whenever you want. Right. Whatever. For however long you want. Yeah. And do That's whatever you key, want. Yeah. I was like, that would be the coolest shit ever. Yeah. That's cooler than, and, and you know, now to have like been, achieved that and to get to do that, that's cooler than, that's the coolest thing. That's cooler than any, like, fucking house I could buy or whatever. I actually totally agree with you. But you're like, not at that point. No, I'm not. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I that to me is success. You do that, Re- though, don't you? Yeah. No, I don't no, do, Everybody's I, at that point in their own way. Neil's no, at no, a no, different... No, no, we're talking about at the cellar. At the cellar oh, is kind the of... Cellar, a, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying... I mean, I I, there are open... Dick. No, 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 I, I, I know. There are open mics where I suppose I could go, like, hey, put me on. You know when you walk in somewhere and they're like, they get right. a little, like, itchy. But that at the cellar, like, that's... Because the yeah. guys that can do it at the cellar are Chappelle, Rock, Louis, Seinfeld, you. And, I, like, there was one night where I did it when Rock also dropped in and we both did sets and we were both working on stuff and we are both talking to each other about yeah. it. And I was like, wow, like, that's, so like... Weird. That What's was, like, a sense of achievement. That's, yeah. like, yeah. holy shit. I came from, like, being a dude that was the most excited dude in the crowd when Chris Rock dropped in. Yeah. To being another dude that dropped in and now shooting the shit with him talking about oh, how the process real. went. I know? remember seeing Chris Rock in when I was working the door at the Boston Comedy Club wearing a Beverly Hills Cop 2 jacket. Uh-huh. Whoa, that was, did you really? And I, and I was like, <laughs> it was like, whoa. Like, how the fuck did you get a Beverly Hills Cop 2? Like, how did you get into a movie? Like, uh, fucking unbelievable. So I completely relate. And I also re- agree with you that, like, the idea that not even it's not cachet it's like having respect at a place that's is better than money and fucking fame or what it's like some real tangible shit yeah like that that and also that everyone that's doesn't something know no one about could it. ever take away from yeah me. exactly and like also i've done enough stand up to where like if i drop in there people will be excited you know yeah. but parks and rec could get canceled i could do a movie that does horribly but that what i've achieved there in stand up is uh, no one could ever take it you, yeah. you can't really unless i do like a bunch of like terrible specials over and over again <laughs> but even then they still might let you drop in oh yeah then what are they going to do i mean you would just have to completely because that's never really happened where someone was able to drop in and then they're and like, they're like you, you can't drop, drop in. in anymore <laughs> you know how we let you used to come whenever you want no. and do whatever you wanted here's the avails mm, number that's, is that's, there like that's a problem gone. with like top dogs who are dropping in 
at the same or like there's like uh, you know, like a headlining guy, and then a top dog shows up, and then they're kind of like, "Yeah, oh, he's gonna go before me. He's gonna get my." You know, I mean, not, it's not, not at the cellar. Yeah. Shit doesn't the, really happen. No, but like you know, for example, like okay, like he, like Neil was headlining at the Improv on Friday. Like, no one would ever like drop in on that and be like, "Oh, Neil's not doing 45. I'm gonna do right. 40, and then he's gonna do 45." Yeah, even like, you were like, "Hey, if someone drops out, I'll I'll fill in," but you weren't like, yeah. "Do you mind if I like you?" Not didn't no one. There are like comics a, that would do that. Could well, what would someone do that? I've seen uh, that kind of thing happen. When uh, someone's Carlos like Mencia apparently did that, but but I've never. I mean, that's I think is kind of a dick thing to do. Oh, it I is mean, a at, dick the, at, at the like comedy the cellar, it's like, oh, everyone's doing. Dead. At the cellar, fu- this is like a funny one night on a Friday night. Rock wouldn't bump me, and on the next night, Chappelle would. <laughs> 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 Which is like a class, it's like a year ago. It was yeah. like, all right, this is like a classic two guys that know each other really well. And he's like, I don't give a shit. Where's Rock's? Like, I have respect for what right. you did with Dave. Right, that's uh, funny. No, there have been but nights where like Chappelle, Rock, and Seinfeld went back to back. Oh, yeah. And Louie, and probably now it's you, Louie. I've been there, me, Louie, Rock, Seinfeld. Yeah, it's crazy what people in New York get to see. Yeah, for 12 bucks. But, I mean, I I know what you're saying on a smaller level because it's it's rare to be – just the feeling as a a comic to go. I remember I had this feeling, I think – when I just realized, like, whatever show I, I, I emailed and said oh, I'll be in town, they, that they would be, like, happy to have me. They would be, like, excited. And I thought, wow, that's so awesome because for such a long time, like you were talking about, the power vacuum is in the other direction. Yeah, where they'd be like, oh, we're all booked up, but yeah. check back in a month. Right. Yeah. And it's just a good feeling to be that legitimized. No, all those things Moshe are <laughs> Those are, like... Kind of uh, small victories, you know, like when you're a comic, I think that's definitely a moment, you know, when it's like when it moves from like, they're like, oh, you're in town. Oh, definitely do the yeah, show. Right. To from, like, oh, from, let's see if we can, you know, let me know what weeks you're available. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> and you're saying, oh, I'm in town. I can definitely do the show. You know, the whole thing is flip. Yeah. Did you and what do you think it was in terms of uh, when you go on stage and people get excited? What do you think it is? Besides the YouTube, besides the boombox video, that's it. That's <laughs> not the, the boombox video at all. None of that. <laughs> all right, back I, off. Fine. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I do think it's a lot of the stand-up though, because when I first did the last tour I did was like the first theater tour I did, and when I did it, I was like, I wonder how many of these people just know Parks and Rec, and I'd mention like something like my cousin Harris, and like everyone in the audience uh-huh. would give like a recognition applause, like they knew that bit. And uh, so then I was like, oh, well, all these people have seen my stand-up. Right. I don't think people see a guy on TV and then go, oh, that guy's doing stand-up. Let's I go see do, that. Yeah, yeah right. I think they have to see your stand-up. So any touring on stuff I do, I think it's it's from the stand-up. But you also have so, have always had some sort of um, extra element of, uh, like, fairy dust and accelerated progress. Like, do you, do you, do you th- acknowledge that? Um, I do think I've gotten lucky in that the TV projects I've done have went. Like Human uh-huh. Giant, we did two seasons of it. Parks and Rec, we've done, we're doing the fifth season. And yeah, there's a billion talented comics who've had TV show pilots that didn't get picked up, great pilots that didn't get picked up and stuff. And, and I think I've been lucky in that regard. But I do think I would put my work ethic up against I would anybody. too no doubt yeah I, I would, would too, too. No, I, but I, w- I didn't I, even mean it I don't mean you I mean your I mean I'm I don't mean my work ethic I mean yeah. your work no your work ethic is for sure no I didn't I didn't even mean it like you got lucky I meant like you 
when you came on the scene, your voice was also exactly the kind of voice that people were. So it's a very contemporary voice, you know. It's got a, it's a, there's a lot of sort of hip hop stuff. It's who you I mean, are. I started when I was really young, and I yeah. think if you start when you're really young, you're always ahead. Like I, you guys read like the, that. You read that book, Outliers, that Malcolm Gladwell. Like I really believe that stuff about like he says like you need to do stuff like ten years to be an expert, and like people that yeah. do shit a bunch, like. There's a st- the story about the Beatles. Do you know do you, you, the Hamburg see, thing? Yeah, like how they did. They were forced to do shows that were like 12 hours long or something. So yeah. they played way more. They, the yeah, m- right. number of shows they did far outnumbered any other band's output of shows yeah, in that same period. So they got so good. And so I believe the same thing about stand That's why I always do spots and stuff. I feel like if, you know, that's why I don't like L.A. as much because I feel like L.A. you can do a few spots a week, whereas in New York. You no, know, yeah. L- I, we run around New York. It's fucking like. Uh, you can do. Like, Where else? You can do like five spots in a night. And right, if you yeah. start with a germ of an idea and try it out at the first show, by the fifth show, you'll probably have something close to a pretty good bit. Yeah. Do you, do you Whereas think here, it's like that same five shows will take half. like a week and a half. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever think what would have happened if you didn't get any NYU, but you had gotten into like UCLA? Like, would you have the same life and the same career? I feel like I'd own a tremendous debt to, to New York itself. And I feel like, you know, yeah, like, no question being in New York. You voluntarily pay taxes in New York, correct? Because you feel like I owe this city everything, and I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna give you you tithe. No, but I do think about that. Like I, I like donate to like charities in New York and stuff. I'm like, fucking New York is the reason I get to do what I do. I don't have any illusions about that. I, I really believe that. And speaking of New York, how did you meet Jay Z? Jay Z. Um, through Kanye, through like, uh-huh. uh, oh no, actually I met him. Uh, he is buddies with Rashida, and uh, he, Rashida had told me that he'd emailed, um, laughing about some bit I did, like the R. Kelly bit or something. Uh-huh. And I was like, whoa, that's awesome! <clears throat> that's awesome. And then I, when I did Bonnaroo, uh, he had headlined Bonnaroo, and so I had someone reach out to be like, oh, would you want to like say hello to Aziz? Like we heard like he was a fan or whatever. And so I met him after his set at Bonner, and that's where we first met. And then I got to know him a lot better during the uh, when they were recording Watch the Throne. That was definitely like a cool, one of the coolest things I've seen is them recording Watch the Throne. Like that, that is one of my favorite albums now. To see it now, but to see that whole process and like hear like the kind of discussions they would have about stuff like it was so so fascinating and how would you describe this guy like the difference between them especially like what's the what's the difference in the affect of jay-z versus kanye um i mean i think you know i think you hear it in the songs like kanye looks up to jay-z tremendously he's like his, his big brother or whatever and you know he you know he went to those shows as a fan and to, now he he really I think still gets a, a kick out of the whole notion of like, oh, I used to be a fan of this dude, and now I'm making an album with him, and he's like listening to my opinions and stuff. Like, I think he's he's like that. But um, and they're both insanely bright guys, super smart, super funny dudes that love to laugh. Like, uh, you know, I it's it's interesting. I don't think people I, I have that. You know, I don't know. I hate talking about those guys because I feel like people are like, oh, you always talk about them. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I've only done one stand-up bit about right. Kanye. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, the guy you did the Kanye joke. I also talked about sheets. <laughs> well, seriously, what's <laughs> and up ice with cream? <laughs> and uh, people don't ask you about ice cream, but but you know, those no, are fascinating guys. That's why I, I did that one story because I, I thought it was a pretty fascinating guys. Actually, but I want to talk about ice cream because mm-hmm. I wanted to talk also about your your obsession with food. You, Aziz is one of the most food uh, centric. Every if time you the go people on that tour, don't know you as a carpooler. 
No, no, you, mo, no, you as a food. No, guy. this is a more established trope. You are a crazy. You asked food. me where to eat uh, yeah. before I came here. I'll, I'll go. Uh, the only place I know more about food than Aziz is San Francisco. He he's got he knows every spot in every city. I mean, that's just uh, that's just from touring. Uh, you know, I think it's one of the things. A lot of comedy dudes are really into food. Patton's really into food. Yeah, Cross, is. Cross is really into food. Um, Ralphie uh, Mays really in the food. <laughs> Earthquakes really in the food. Lavelle Crawford. You know what? Monique. Bruce Bruce. Bruce Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> I should do a tour with those guys. <laughs> Me, Bruce Bruce, Lavelle Crawford. We would just kill it. What's yeah. great is barbecue you after you every show. You wouldn't close that show. No. They'd just be like, hey, man, you gonna go on like third, and then Bruce Bruce gonna close this motherfucker out. Someone, um, I was telling someone about that. I was like, oh man, you know, I, I didn't know Jay Z was so into food, and they're like, oh, well, he's just a man of a fine taste. And I was like. <laughs> Oh damn! I, I I want people to say that. Not like yeah. you know, instead of oh, no, Aziz is a real foodie. Yeah. Well, it's much cooler. Like now, Aziz, you're a man of fine taste. <laughs> as you a like a lot of, of good restaurants. As a man of fine taste, if you had to give up food or sex for the rest of your life, now there's a pill of food. Don't worry, you won't die either way. Is there a pill of sex? There's a pill of there's a pill of procreation. You can still have children, okay? But you have to give up food or sex for the rest of your life. Can you can you choose? I mean, I would give up food. Yeah, you would. Wouldn't you I would have best guessed the other. But I mean, it's like, I mean, are you thinking about it in terms of, oh, there's someone you love and you're together with them, but you could never have any kind of sex with them? Like, that would be kind of a bummer. Right. I had a really interesting thing happen the other day, which this is a, a girl that I'm friends with kind of asked me if I wanted to be a sperm donor. Oh, very interesting. For. Her having a kid, and I was sort of like, "Isn't that a plot of some romantic comedy?" <laughs> no, I, yeah, it's like every romantic comedy. No, I know it was. It He's a co-creator <laughs> of a legendary TV show. Yeah. She's a down-on-her-luck lesbian. Yeah. He's a co-creator of this baby. Uh, yeah, no, it was. It was like a, <laughs> this baby. Uh, was it Chappelle that asked? Yeah, it was Chappelle. Uh, um, no, it was a weird thing where I was sort of like. Not insulted. I would be flattered. What are you talking about? I was about? flattered. That, it's a, a compliment. Got the goods, no, it it's a compliment. Yeah, no, it's a compliment, but, but I was kind of like, no, nah, I don't, any baby, I don't, first of all, I don't even really want to have babies, but I feel like I, something that's like, well, if I'm going to have a baby, I want to fucking spend my, <laughs> spend my time fucking with it. It was just a weird thing. Like a lot of. But you said of, no ultimately, right? Uh, I said like, I got to think about it. I didn't say specifically no or yes. Huh. Can I get mine? I don't mine, know if I would. Would you guys you do that? yours? Oh, so I, that I could be the. Dead. That's the plot of a romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah we got Dude, it. Dude, just I'll go in there and jerk <laughs> off. We'll go in there together. Fine up. Bump, bump. How you like me now? <laughs> How you like me now? <laughs> Wait, you took the sperm? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Neil. Dude, where's the sperm? <laughs> it's gone. How you like me now? <laughs> that song would kick in when it's like whenever the other guy's like, He's like, uh, he's. Like, I can't make it. I can't go to the sperm bank. We, we have to go. This is the only time we have an appointment. What are we gonna do? Bump, bump. <laughs> Other guy goes in. <laughs> I've thought about uh, because I feel so incapable of finding a partner that I would want to have a kid with. I've thought, well, if I get to a certain age, I'll find like a Jewish lesbian and make an arrangement of convenience to have a child with that person. Because you really want to have a, a Jewish kid? lesbian. Just because, like, she's gay, so there wouldn't be weird stuff, and she's Jewish, so the kid would be smart and talented and run the media or whatever. <laughs> and, like, you know it's what I mean? It's a good work ethic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, What about you? Do you want children? I don't know. I mean, that's what the the whole new hour I've been touring, uh, it was really 
the whole all the writing was really fueled by this kind of uh, questioning of seeing all, all these people around me getting married and having kids and then right. what to do if you're not quite ready for that. I don't know. I think in a couple of years my my views on that stuff will change. Um, right now, would I want one? No, I couldn't handle one right now. Right. But maybe as I get older and settle down. What do you make of dudes that do have kids that are as ambitious as? Right, that like there's guys that are ambitious, like you're ambitious, or any of us are ambitious, mm-hmm. and they have kids. I'm always like, how are you doing? I just don't know how they have the time for it. Yeah, that's. I how don't know I f- how they have the energy, the time, or anything. I don't. I really don't. I'm know. A- I also love fucking around. Uh, sexually, you mean? No, no, no. I mean, like the first time like I ever met you. Sitting at your you, house, like watching yes, Inception. The first time I ever right. met you. I think that stuff's important. Was, I know. Is. The first time I ever met you, you were eating brunch with Kroll in like '06. I remember that at cafe. And, yeah, um, cafe Orlin. on eight. Yeah, Orlin. And I look over. Kroll came over and was talking to me and the girl I was dating at the time. And I look over and Aziz's mouth. Is, you're staring off into space, and your fucking mouth was wide open. And I, everyone had always told me that I did that. <laughs> and I never had seen anyone else on earth. And I was like, I fuck with that dude. <laughs> like from Wait, here on out, stare out uh, yeah, you stare. were staring into like the ceiling. Zone out. Yeah, I do just do that. Zone the fuck out. Your mouth was hanging open. And, uh, and I was like, I, I fuck with that dude. Sometimes people ask me, like, oh, what are you thinking about? What? I'm not going to tell you. some personal shit, probably. <laughs> like, probably something that's, like, occupied my mind. <laughs> you know? yeah. That's why I'm thinking it, not saying it. <laughs> yeah. Girls like to say that a lot. What are you oh, thinking about? that's the about? worst. I'm like, you never want to know the answer. <laughs> so you know what I'm thinking about. Yeah. But you know what's weird is, like, that was before uh, I, iPhones and everything. I, now I probably wouldn't be staring. I'd probably be just, like, checking a message or something. You'd just be like, oh, yeah. this is another dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's an interesting thing of, like, is that – Inter- yeah, I wouldn't fuck we with doing, you. Although you. We're do, doing you an episode of Parks and Rec right now about uh, Tom being, uh, you know, obsessed with the internet or whatever, huh. and constantly on it, or whatever. And we're doing this talking head, and and I uh, I, w- I was talking about, I was doing a joke, uh, improvising a, a new joke, but the the premise of the episode is that he can't use his phone for a week or something, and so like in the talking head, I was talking about like. You know, he was like, oh, I was eating dinner with a friend, and he went to the bathroom, and I had to just sit there and stare at a plate of lasagna. Uh. And it made me think, like, what person now, when you're sitting at a restaurant with a friend, and they go to the bathroom, who doesn't pull out their phone and yeah. stuff? Yeah, no, 100%. I'm, Although, I struggle to think of, <laughs> you know, the yeah, time like what did when we someone do? would leave, and then I would just sit there and just be like, all right, well, I guess I'm just sitting here. It just thinking. doesn't happen. But there's yeah. a whole theory about that. Uh, there's a whole theory about the fact that w- – that, uh, I think we might have talked about on the podcast before that our, our the amount of media that's being streamed into our lives constantly is in fact making our attention it's shattering our attention. And oh, that, our humor attention span. I was talking to someone about this like now like you can go on like Reddit or something and you see these quick things where yeah. you just click a thing and you laugh. Like even if you have yeah. like a sophisticated like snobby sense of humor, right? Some of those pictures of dogs or whatever, it's, it's funny, hilarious, it's so funny, I, I and will, you immediately laugh. I will then you watch like an old movie. And you're just like, oh, what I'm the bored. fuck's going on, man? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure. You, I mean, you, uh, uh, you know, Doug, that those don't sound like drops. They just sound like we have our phones. That <laughs> people are going crazy right now, <laughs> checking their phones. I, there's this new idea. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I like this, they're, they're, they're doing that anyway. Well, yeah, you're a very, inter- right. you're a very internet dude, and you're you, uh, but uh, but like, there, yeah, have you heard about this new idea of stacking? Have you heard about that? 
No, what's that? It's this idea that you go out to eat with a bunch of people. Oh, I've heard of this, yeah. And you, everybody puts their cell phone in the middle of the table in a stack. And the first person to touch their phone pays for the dinner. And I think we should do that, Aziz, because I feel like you would pay for dinner a lot. <laughs> no, I, I, I've been trying. I've been... Actively trying to be better about not being on really. Well, that's what. Yeah, Chelsea said that you've been making fun of her. For She's being worse than I am. Chelsea. I'm Chelsea might be top. Top three in the top, comedy game. Top. I'd say. You say top. Who, who, you're like who three. Is her, who is in her range? <laughs> what, as far as I like can't even the, answer on the phone. A lot? On the phone. I, that much. I mean, I'm around her you a lot. You do look she, at the phone. She opens. Uh, she opens up. Uh, she opened up a lot of my tour that I was doing over the summer. So I was around her way more than uh, a lot of other people. So I was probably more aware of it. But you know, I'm bad too. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm bad too. We're all bad. We're all bad. The idea is. But that she. She and I have talked about. This. She doesn't feel like there's any reason to slow down. She says like, oh well. Um, you know, I always was be distracted by something. Uh-huh. Like I would read a book or whatever, but uh, or I'd help somebody. I'd feed homeless people. <laughs> I have to uh, say that I love Chelsea, and I will remain anonymous about this. But I did go to junior high school with her, and I do not recall her reading, reading books, books all the time. time. <laughs> Retweet that. <laughs> I, don't I may have misquoted like, her. The phone should have Chelsea a is someone though. I don't want to talk about on a podcast because I'll get destroyed oh, yeah, no, tomorrow. We can, we'll we can edit this out. No, we're um, not editing this oh, out. No. Retweet that. I I I I wish there was a thing where your phone you could I'm sure there's an app like this but I'm too lazy to find it but uh-huh. where it say like oh you can only it'll only let you check Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff once a day. Well, that's fast. It limits that. your. That's the first. Thing that's that, a real thing. That's on your computer. That's the first thing. But that, I want it on the phone. That's the uh, first thing. That, yeah, that, it's hard though because phone calls and texts. No, but like uh, you could say, oh, it only lets you access Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram once a day. That's oh, it. Oh yeah, Would you no, do you, it. Would you do it? Yeah, because I feel There's like it's such a waste. Man, I, I feel like I just sit – I'll just sit down and, like, look at the same four or five websites and then go back and look at them again to uh-huh. see which ones Start are Start from the beginning again and just cycle through. And yeah. I've wasted hours doing that. Years. Hours, the hours, hours. It's the biggest waste. Like, it, I mean, now it's like – you know, it's like uh, you used to, like, watch movies and TV and you'd be like, oh, I should make time and read these books. Now you're on the internet. It's like, oh, I should really watch that movie or read yeah, that. Yeah, no, or, absolutely. It's what's like getting gonna happen dumber. Like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. thing. What's going like, to happen when it's going to be like, man, I really oh should God. go on that website. I got to go on Reddit. <laughs> I got to go on WorldStar. Oh, really why am I not on WorldStar and I'm <laughs> wasting my life? I've never been on rapgenius.com. I've been meaning to check it out. It's a classic website. Um, but but the, the, f- I- the idea is, though, that the, that it's actually – the idea of this article that I read was that it's actually a sickness that is that, that we're so distracted that it's, it's a sickness that everybody's attention is diseased, in fact, and that the only way to cure it is actually – and this is very dogmatic – but I'm curious what you guys think about it, is to enter into nature is in fact the way out of this. <laughs> well, that, that's what's kind of happened in the episodes. I go away with Ron or whatever to, uh, you know, go to his cabin or whatever. But here's, here's the thing though. It's easy to say like, Oh, it's, it's, it, you should get off your phones. But here's the thing. All right. Let's say I'm walking from my trailer to the set of mm-hmm. parks and rec. Okay. What are you going to do during that time? You got to, I could just check some website or whatever, or I could do nothing. Arguably checking the thing, maybe I'll learn something from that or something, but I don't know. I don't know if the argument is that you're distracted and you might not see someone and say hello or whatever, but... No, I think that the idea, though, is you're, you're right about that, is that you're packing more information in. But in fact, I guess the argument is that the, it's the information that's the problem. It's such useless information. It's that, worthless. That it's need. been making me sick to my stomach recently. In oh. like the last three weeks where I've just been like, I'll hit refresh and I'm like, God damn it, I'm I, so sick of this. Same no, here. I, I, I want to... I have this uh, another book that I want to write. And 
and I, I have been not writing that book actively while actively checking Twitter, Facebook, World Star Hip Hop, and like Brown Cardigan and Lameem. It's like every time I look at him, I go, I think about the book I'm not What's writing. What's Brown yeah, Cardigan? Yeah. I gotta check I mean, that if out. you think about it, like, <laughs> what is Brown Cardigan? Yeah, what are those sites? Those anyway? are meme meme websites. Brown Cardigan? Yeah, do you I fuck still with read that? it. Oh, you know, oh, okay. Reddit has a good collection of the memes, and it gets changed all the time. Right. So you, just, yeah. But yeah, you think about things like, oh, if I worked on, if I wrote two pages of that of a screenplay every yeah. day, that's and how I have two months. You'd have a script. That's literally you'd have how a I movie. That's yeah. literally how I wrote my book. Was liter- It was literally. I realized that if I if I de- deconstructed it to two pages a day. It would be an hour of work, and I'd finish a book in six months. Yeah, I used to have a blocker on my. That's how, like, that's how I gained your respect. That was the first thing I ever really you respected did what? about Neil. I had a blocker on my, on my, on my. Uh, what is that? You're writing a script. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I had a blocker. <laughs> I had a blocker on my computer, and you can still get it. It's called one's called Freedom, and one's called K9. Those and, are for your computer, though. Yeah. There's got to be one for... I'm I mean, sure there is, yeah. I'm going to make one for... I have ideas for apps. I just need to get a team to make I them. have an idea for an app, too. What do you, What's your... Be- oh, do you not want to say on the podcast? I don't want to say it, because it's a jokey one I might use in some... Sc- right. it's, it's in a thing. It's in a bit. Bits. Do you have any... Do you have any what's, what, I got what zero app? app ideas. Here's my idea. I had an idea for a dating website I, app. I got it. So you a, type I, in... I, for oh, oh, you did? You, you, you tell yours. My thing was you type in three things that you like. Yeah. And then it'll find someone that also likes three things. Those same three things. And you'd already have three things in common. Before. Dude, stop with the <laughs> internet sounds. <laughs> no, that was a typewriter. <laughs> I like how he pressed play and then like he like let his computer just go while he came over to the conversation. And he also made full eye contact with, with all of us as if to say, fuck you. I'm doing these sounds. Um... I don't know. I feel like if I met a girl that liked Breaking Bad, Watch the Throne, and Tacos, I'd be pretty fired up. Yeah. <laughs> if she was, like, really into those perfect. three things. So, like, I think if you have three things, that's kind of a decent starting point. Like, yeah. oh, we like this shit. That's Maybe we'll like other things. Maybe we could introduce. I think you should have three other. things you don't like, too. Three things you don't like? Yeah. Nazis. It's the shit I don't like you should have on That's there. that shit I don't like. Um, what was your app idea, Doug? Uh, well, there could be one for restaurant restaurant mode on the phone. You just hit a restaurant mode bo- button. Oh, so what would restaurant mode be? Isn't that emergencies a come through and that's it. Your phone turns into a restaurant. Never emergencies happen, though. Okay, well, okay, yeah, the no, restaurant exactly. phone mode just like, turned your phone back off. Back before people had cell phones, people wouldn't be like, oh, man, my, my, my fucking yeah, brother died. I didn't hear about it for a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't checking my messages. <laughs> you find out about the emergencies quick enough. My uh, or it could be date mode. Like if it's going bad, then it, it automatically rings. That's and a you thing. Could, you could choose to del- you know ignore it or or say, oh this is important, and it's like a way, and then you just leave. There used to be some some <laughs> that seems a bit rude. There used to be some app you could call, and it would have a pre- it would have a conversation uh, recording that you could answer the recording, and it would give you an excuse to leave wherever you were. Oh, it would say something. It would say something, and your answers to that question. Man, what a bum person. You can't even come up with a genuine yeah. excuse? This were people that with terrible, terrible, terrible imaginations right. that you couldn't just go like, wait, what? Mm, you have to take your cat to the vet early in the morning. <laughs> I have to take my cat to the vet. <laughs> no, it would, it would <laughs> Thank you, you for calling. Excuse me. Thank you for calling me. It would work like this. It would say the thing that you're supposed to say. 
And you would just repeat it. It was like, it was I'm sorry, I have to go. <laughs> My neighbor just called and said, I'm sorry, that I have to go. My neighbor just called and needed said, that they <laughs> <apartment> <laughs> on fire. My apartment is up. Uh, I want to talk about stand up. What is your prep like? For stand-up. Because you strike me, like, when, if for you're... For what, a show, for a show. tour, what, for a, a tour show. show? Like, yeah, like, if you're doing a show an hour and a, like, we... You do great stand-up. Hour, hour and a half before the show, what are you, what are you doing? He oh, listens to that headphones. I don't, that I don't do much. That, you know, you get to the venue, um, I will maybe, uh, I'll maybe, like, listen to a prior set if there's some new stuff I was tweaking or whatever. Um, I, I saw you with, at a show last week, and you had headphones on, and I'm like, but what are you? Like li- a, I thought you were getting, jam- I thought you were psych, you know, playing some beats and getting hyped. No, and you're like, that's no, what I'm people just think. To my other set. I'm listening to an earlier set to see if there's stuff I need to change. And when I, yeah, I record all my sets. Neil, you record all your sets too. Do you record all yours? I've never recorded a set in my life. I, I, I don't I do rec- that either. You know who doesn't record? I did some panel with, uh, with uh, about comedy with Seinfeld, and he doesn't record any of his sets. And I thought for that's sure really he'd surprising. be a guy yeah, that, that records because he's so too. meticulous yeah. with words. I figured for sure, and he's like, yeah. "No, I don't." But uh, I record all my sets and listen because there's always stuff I improvise and stuff. And some of my best writing has, has just happened in the moment on stage, so I always right. record uh, all my sets. But that was like for like a show where I was dropping into work on new stuff. A tour show by now, like my tour is like almost like a play. Like I know what it is, and I'm 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 kind of simultaneously writing the next hour. So what are you trying song. to do though? I mean, like, do you go on stage an hour and a half before a show? Like, what are you thinking a minute before the show? A minute before the show, I'm I'm not thinking about anything. Yeah. Okay, what do you mean? Just in terms of like, because I feel like you're pretty meticulous. Like you're dressed up, you're listening. I've yeah, I see you. So I'm I'm always thinking like, are, do you have a thing that you're trying to accomplish as a performer? No, because by the time you're like in the groove of a tour show, you it's it's almost like a play, and you know it pretty well, and it and you're just gonna do the show, and and the variable is the audience, but you kind of know that the show works at that point, so it's like, so, you know, I'm just gonna do the best performance I can, and 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 for me, I always try to have a couple of small tweaks of things I'm working on to make better, because you you know, no matter how good your hour is, you can always tweak stuff and punch some stuff up. So I'll try to like tweak a couple of things that maybe could hit harder and things like try that, but um. Overall, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty confident in it by the time it's like a successful thing. Become an hour, by, by the time it's become the hour. By the time I'm like taking a show on a tour where, you know, your people are paying a lot of money to come see it and I'm going around the country, like, I'm pretty confident that's really good. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. Have you ever been in a position where the tour was coming and you felt like, fuck, I don't have the that's, time? That's the nightmare, yeah. But no, it's never happened. I've always... I, that's why I also try to get so ahead of the writing. Like right now, like I still could do another few months of touring on this special, the the or, or of this hour, the Buried Alive hour that I haven't released yet. But like Doug said, I've already started doing small shows to kind of start writing stuff. I don't think there's anything wrong with just continually writing. And you know, no, I can I always. Think no. I think yeah. that's the way to do it. Yeah, but you know, it's like you can either add it to the one you're doing, I or you can use it to start building a new one. No. Now, when you say that you think of it like a play, I, I, I understand what you mean, that you, you're doing an hour, a, a singular hour performance. Yeah. But I also wonder, do you, like this latest hour that you said has a theme of a lot of, uh, like, getting older, my friends are getting married, what does it mean for me? Do you set out with, a like, a thematic I've vision never, in mind? I've never done that before, um, until this one. Mm-hmm. This is the first one that's where it's really just about... 
um, babies, and uh, where do you meet someone you really like? Where do you find someone that you really connect with? Those are the only three things I talk about. Um, but all the other ones I've done, like I said, like the first special, I talk about sheets. I talk about going on Craigslist right. to find concert tickets. I talk about, you know, my cousin Harris. The second one, it's like, you know, I talk about this, you know, texting with girls. And, you know, it might be, you know, whatever. It's more all over the place but these i kind of like the idea of it kind of being like uh, a themed show but i don't know what the next one will be you know i think it just depends on where the jokes come from now i have a question what have you not yet done that you really want to do career-wise career-wise um stand-up wise um i'd want you know the frustrating thing about stand-up is when you're working on, when you're touring an hour, like I think this, m- the hour I'm doing now is my best one. I think it's way better than all the other ones I've done. But the only people that hear it are people that come to the shows, mm-hmm. and you can't put it out because once you put it out, you can't tour it anymore. Right. And you know I have to tour it to like make my living. But I I, I hope that comes out and like people think of me, uh, you know, uh, gain uh, uh, an even higher. I think I have a decent amount of respect. I feel respected as a stand up, but I feel like this one's really good. And I feel like I I hope people like look at it like, wow, like he really got a lot better in this one. It's a a lot of progress as him as a comedian, blah, blah, blah. Like what want, areas do you feel like you got better in? That's what I was asking before. Like, what do you? Because I know when you I know go what? on, there's things I want to do that I wouldn't naturally do. You know, so what like it Billy is, Bird like, does every tour. Will like do. He's like, I just want to take the mic out of this. Like, he'll do something that he hasn't done before. And I'm wondering where were you on the first special? Uh, and then where do you? How do you? What were you shitty at? And what do you feel like you're way better at now? I think right now, you know, I you always hear like. Um, you're like at 10 years you always hear people say oh at 10 years you get way better and that's the thing in the outliers book too they talk about 10 years being a marker but uh, I've always heard that and um, I think now I'm finally like gotten good at kind of taking like the core like feeling like inside me like what like, what am I really feeling right now and able to turn that into jokes and I think when you do that it works really well because everyone has those same fears and and thoughts that if you're really able to talk about stuff that's really personal close to your emotional core yeah it's not know, just a bit that you thought of yeah it's not like oh <clears throat> like that joke about sheets that i did in the first special like that's a funny bit and it's like well written whatever but i think this stuff that i do now about babies and marriage and like you know worrying about things like oh are you gonna ever meet someone that you really connect with like that's like to to like to have a thought like oh, that real like, shit i want to make a joke about that about mm-hmm. the fear of yeah. that like uh, years ago i wouldn't have been able to do that but you now I, I i i have and that's a relatable who's never had that thought right. you know what i mean so you, when you do that kind of stuff you you get this kind of you can sense in the audience where people are like, yes, I've, and man, thank you for saying that. I felt that same you way. You feel like a different response, a different like level you feel like of people, response. Yeah, people are kind of connecting with it in a different way, which not is cool. necessarily louder, not necessarily bigger laugh, but just like a longer. You know when like you watch like uh, Bring the Pain and you watch the niggas versus black people bit, yeah. and the audience, you can tell they're like, yes, thank yeah. you for saying that. Right. Yeah. That thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool. And a nigga thing say he don't eat pussies, lying his ass off. <laughs> Um, and what beyond stand, well, outside of the prism of stand up, what 
have you would you like to accomplish that you haven't yet what um you know i've been developing all these movies and stuff and the movie process is so frustrating and slow and tedious um i'd like to be able to get one of these movies i'm developing that i feel kind of uh gets out my voice in a you know filmic way Mm-hmm. gets made and does well that would be great have you ever thought about doing something like what Berbiglia did just doing it yourself <laughs> um yeah I mean that's obviously an option to do like kind of a lower budget thing and uh you know I'm working on this script now that I think I'm gonna try to do that way maybe but movie stuff is so right slow boring <laughs> frustrating I want to set up a conference call about this movie in two months yeah it's just it's just it's such you don't get any. Uh, it's not like stand up, man. Stand up is the most rewarding. It's thing. the best. Right. You come up with a good bit and you do it and it works and you have it and it's great and you constantly get feedback and you're like, yes, I know this works. Right. I just said it for 20 people and it got a huge laugh. That's rewarding. Even it's that. It's better than money. It's better than. I always tell people that. Like, what do you, why do you do stand up? It's like, because it's the fucking best. It's, when you think of a new bit and the first time you do it, it works and it gets the kind of laugh that you're like, oh, that's going to get. There's the kind of laugh that a new bit will get that you're like, nah. Yo, that's but then there's one that's like, oh, this is going like, to be a monster. Yeah. And when you take a when you take a thought that's like, eh, and then you make it into one of those monster bits, it's so it, you have a huge sense of accomplishment. Whereas movie stuff, like I feel like it's a lot of like you're on calls with people and they're like, mm, can you change this? We don't think this. Blah, 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 blah. And then you never deal with that at stand up. Yeah, it's like you totally think what? Because I just did it and yeah. it worked perfectly. Yeah. Right. So removed, I don't really care yeah. what you think about anything. Yeah, you just <laughs> go right to the audience. I, I mean, it's 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 there's nothing like it. It's the best thing by far. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. that's fascinating. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's no, true. I talked to the audience last night. Right. They, they already they already, they already signed they're on, on board. They when you put out a stand up special on Comedy Central, you're putting out like an hour of content. You don't get any notes. There's nothing else. No one yeah. ever puts out an hour of material or anything without getting any notes. Because what are they going to say? Like, mm, I think we should cut that bit. Yeah. No, no. You doesn't. I don't care. <laughs> I did how it. Was it works. The, how was that online experience? The the difference between doing it on Comedy Central and doing it on your own? <clears throat> doing the thing yourself is great. I mean, it's awesome. It's, uh, it's great because... You know, people get to buy for five dollars and they have it. And I don't know. You just it's it's just uh, it was a great idea that Louis had, and it, and it worked really well. I'd always wanted to kind of. I knew I was going to release that special online, and I was trying to figure out how to do it um, because I'd seen how many YouTube views I had and stuff compared to how many DVDs I sold. And I was like, oh, clearly this is the way it's going. And I tried to think not in the way of a you know corporation or whatever would be like well let's take all the videos down that's why no one's buying the dvds yeah. it's like no they're not buying the dvds because they like watching it this way yeah so let's embrace that and try to figure it out so i pursued all these different avenues trying to figure out like oh maybe youtube would want to release it and they would pay me to like have the exclusive rights all this stuff and i was doing all these meetings and stuff and it was just going so slow and it's like what are you doing you know this is you know this would work like why are you guys not doing things faster and there's just so much bureaucracy at all these yeah. big places and then when louis did his thing he's like i'm just doing it myself i was like whoa is this gonna work are people gonna find out about it blah blah and of course it was a huge deal um and uh it was like well clearly that's the way to go so then i don't have to deal with any of these people people seem to really like what he did people were asking me right away are you going to do that with your specials so i'm really glad i did it and Would any future specials i release I, it's it de- that's definitely going to be a component of it i'm trying to figure out what i want to do with the buried alive one i think i might try to make it a movie or something and also mm-hmm. do the five dollar thing or i don't know i think it'll be a combination of things or something do you think networks are a little bit freaking out that all these big comics are totally taking back all of the power of 
releasing their specials? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. I still get a ton of people that see the, the specials when they rerun on Comedy Central. I still think that's the component. I don't yeah, think you can. I think people are very quick to dismiss that stuff. But you know what? People watch TV. People will flip through Comedy Central right. and they'll see your stuff for the first time. Yeah. I know there's people that flip through and see my special on Comedy Central and like, oh, that's the guy from Parks and Rec. Oh, I didn't know he did stand up. And they watch it and then right. they might come to a tour. Yeah, I'm doing an hour. I'm going to do it on Comedy Central and it's like, I don't. And I know I'm like fuck. I wish I was like more famous so I could just sell it online. But it's like you just got it. Don't you got to do it on Comedy Central? Yeah. Look, the or thing at least about that. I mean, you have to get like having a pop. that first special pop on there is what let me do the other one. And yeah. Louis did like seven specials yeah, or something exactly. before he did this. It's one. the Radiohead thing. It's like yeah, they could sell their own thing because they had seven records on Capitol. And that's what's not said a bunch. Is like it's it's like. It's like, oh, if you're one of the guys, those seven guys that can drop in at the cellar, yeah, put your special online. You'll make a ton of money. Of They're course welcome. you will. That's the way I feel. But I think, I think in all these articles and stuff, and in you know, those articles every month where they ask like me about that experience and whatever, and yeah, the the kind of frustrating truth is, is like, yeah, I was already had a big fan base. Louis had a huge fan base, so of course he was able to talk. Each of us were able to talk a bunch of people to spending five dollars. Right. You know, yeah. we're playing theaters. Like clearly, if we can go to Cleveland and fill the three thousand seat theater in Cleveland, we're gonna have a lot of people around the country that would pay five dollars right. to watch a special. Yeah. And where where do you and where do you see yourself like fifteen years from now, twenty years from now? If I could do exactly what I'm doing right now with the Buried Alive show where it's like I tour theaters, I'm just writing material, living in New York, doing stuff at the cellar or wherever, I would be thrilled mm-hmm. i would be couldn't be happier i'd love to be like like cosby mm-hmm. how he's like so old and still tours right i don't know how the fuck he writes material though i wonder about that like there's something like you know you've seen me you saw me write this hour you yeah. saw me drop him at the cellar a bunch yeah you saw that whole process there's dudes i don't know when the fuck how the fuck they write the stuff because i know i'm in new york writers, and in right? la no cosby doesn't have you know what it is it's like they just they write new know. stuff. They're, they just they can will shit into working. Yeah, and but also I think you need the seller theaters become the seller. I guess when so. you just do four thousand seat theaters, you kind of like meh. Right, also, those old guys theater. don't have the internet for distraction. That's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> You're absolutely um, right. But, though. yeah, I guess eventually that becomes it. And a lot of those people don't release specials, so they'll yeah. like, do an hour. I, I, uh, Seinfeld doesn't ever release specials. He'll, like, do an hour, and then he'll, like, I think he, he like, adds some new stuff, and then eventually the new stuff just becomes the whole thing, and then that becomes, you know, does that yeah. make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think but that's, really I actually think that's the more standard way of doing comedy in America, anyway. Yeah, yeah I know, but I, I don't know. There's not, there's a lot of people that do Another thing is that whenever you do interviews, people are like, oh, so you're doing what Louis C.K. does. You're yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're, you're dropping your hour and then writing a whole new hour. It's like, well, Louis does that, but a bunch of people have done that. Yeah. I mean, Carlin did that. All the yeah, Crosby records, they're all different. Rock, right. Yeah, everybody. Stanhope. But I will say, you know, like you look at like the output, the level of output of Louis is pretty crazy. He's done so many yeah. hours. That's the thing. That's the anomaly. It's that the hour so a many. year thing that is. That's good. a bit. I think that's a bit extreme. Um, but... Uh, you know, do you yeah, have you know, a do you have a uh, uh, do you put yourself on a time schedule? I, I, you know, with filming a Parks and Rec and stuff or any potential movie things, you can't really do that. I don't think. But I've done an hour every two years now, roughly. That um, makes sense you, to me. But you look at it; it's weird. Like you look at like Rock, 
he's only done like four specials, right. but he's done so many movies and things, I guess, so it kind of takes a lot of time. But Hasn't it's like, Chris done five? I feel like maybe he's done there's, five. Well, there's big-ass jokes, which I, I think is kind of hard to find and stuff. So that, yeah. I don't know if that really That's counts. a half hour. Yeah. The Bring the Pain. Bring the Pain. Bigger, bigger and blacker, blacker. Never Scared. Kill the Messenger. And that's it, yeah? I feel like there's one more. Kill the Messenger is the one in different the cities. Africa, yeah. So that's four, right? And think about, like, Louis done, like, seven or something. Well, yeah, no, it, it's when Rock is like, I don't know what Louis doing. But <laughs> Rock, was here's the thing, though. like, oh, good. Yeah, but God. at the same time, though, I saw Rock, like, a few months ago. He did, like, 40 minutes oh, of genius I know. shit. It's he fucking, always has, like, four, he has, he's bits. has genius bits that never see the light of day. That I maybe know. you'll be on talk He has shows. bits that I'll fucking talk to people. Like, I'll go, and he won't even really remember doing it. He throws them, them away. He doesn't do anything like, with them. And it's like, motherfucker, that was such a good bit. No, he's fucking so good. Yeah. You see him when he, he comes in the cellar and you're like, fuck, that dude is so good. Yeah, he literally just like, makes you want to like, throw the mic. Like, fuck that are you, just, Rock. Yeah, just ideas that are so yeah, fucking sharp and good. That yeah. Jokes that are just so... And he I mean, does it by he's subject. He's the king of getting that vibe of like what I was talking about where the audience not only is laughing, but they're like, yes, like cheering yeah. you on like right. for saying something that's that they haven't been able to express, a frustration or thought. or The way someone can do it on Twitter, like with a just a good topical joke that just like nails it, Rock can do 20-minute bits like niggers versus black people or all this girl shit or that's fucking just like, God damn it. Get above yeah, Twitter. I, I mean, I actually think there's also a, a thing that happens to people at a certain fame level that when you are one of those seven people that you were talking about, you get it's easier to write because people are already pre-excited to see you. and That's so actually a hindrance, I would I say. Think I think I, I would be more than happy to say that Rock was getting off on, uh, on a markup. I no, think no, no, I didn't you get it, like no, 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 but here's the thing. I, you do get, look, this is what happens. When you show up there unannounced and people see you, they didn't know you are going to be there. You're someone they've seen on TV. They get super excited. They'll right. go crazy for like 30 seconds clapping and hooting and hollering. And then you start talking, and you'll get some like courtesy laughs for a little bit. Then it goes down. But some audiences, they'll still be – they're just warm audiences. They're still excited, and that's actually frustrating because you want – I want my shit to work for a guy that's like – Fuck Aziz. He sucks. Yeah. He's horrible uh-huh. at stand-up. Uh-huh. I would want to do a show for a whole audience. Like He's here. I, Come on out. <laughs> I would love to do a show for just everyone. Like, go through Twitter and, like, find everyone that says, like, that guy sucks at stand-up. His stand-up's horrible. I would love to do a show for an audience full of that. Because that would be, like, a, it'd be like, do you need right, to pump let's up your fucking do it. Yeah, let's go. That's the thing <laughs> I want to say about, about so when, when, people we're, are warm, when we're talking about how fucking good Chris is. It's he's fucking good. Like he's I'm, legit yeah, good. I'm, no, no, he's I know not you're not saying. Not, no, no, no. Chris talks why, sucks. Why I, mean, look, I uh, everybody knows Chris is a no, no. But he's comedian. not getting a mark. I mean, like that's true. That yeah, thing of like, but you get some a markup audiences, I do then, think some. I, yeah, I, I think from the you know hundreds of sets I've done. Yeah, in the past few months from dropping in and stuff, I have there. You can tell when you're getting too much of a markup yeah. overall, and that's annoying because you're like, well, yeah, but I can't. I, I don't have a gauge on this shit. Yeah, no, that's real. But it, there's also a thing where you like you're able to. I'm not. I'm not. I just think that you're able to output stuff because you don't have to do any of the struggle stuff to get them to to be on board with you. They're on board with you, so you'll be able. To, they're they're in your. Z- I don't your think energy. that's a thing. I don't though. think that's true. Because you say, still have I've to write material the same times. way. Yeah. I mean, if I'm working on a new bit, like. It's the same process as it was, you know, years ago, but I'm just better at writing. Yeah, it's also not every bit that you tried worked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's not like it would have been harder if you weren't. It's a, a fucking. Someone the easiest can go thing. Up. Michael Richards didn't get a pass. 
You know what they I mean? Like, no, but think... the fact that he even did stand up is, I think. I saw him do good jokes, man. Uh-huh. I saw Michael Richards do good jokes. I never jokes that I remember. But the advantage is you get to go up anywhere. That's the huge yeah, advantage right. you have over everybody. Who's going to be better? The guy that goes up a hundred times in a couple yeah. months, or the guy that goes up twenty times in right. a month? You know, that's why the guy that goes hundred is going to win. Unless that's why I'm not picky about doing open mics and all that. Like you and I when we're in New York. It's like fucking. You I heard there's a room. Dude, <laughs> they I turned a mic on. I did a show in New York last time I was there, and like I went on after a guy that had been doing stand-up like three months. Yeah. You and do open mics? Yeah. Do you do open mics? In New York, there's some places I'll drop in, um, but uh, I mean, I don't it, know it depends if they're open the mics, but it's... I, what do you mean you don't know? I don't know. I mean, know I'll go to like, if there's a bar where there's like 30 people there, like a very low-key thing, I have no problem going in there and doing a set. I think yeah, that's, that's what great. I mean. Like, I'll just to go. me, it's I like... Care. To me, like repetition. Yeah. It, there's it, repetition. It was uh, there. There's like a Little Wayne documentary, and he said like repetition is the father of success. Yeah. That's so true. It's it, repetition and and re- refinement. Refinement is the, the part he left out, but repetition and refining to me is the key to stand up. Uh, totally agree. Well, all right. Uh, we did it. It's That's the Aziz Ansari episode. Thank you guys. Uh, Aziz, uh, thank you. That's so fun. Yeah, you're you're. Uh, well, I feel like. Have you felt like a change in yourself in the last two months? In the last two months? Yeah. Why? I don't. I feel like a different energy from you. Oh really? Yeah. Like better or worse? Better. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah. I feel bad about the prior energy. It was horrible. <laughs> God, a bummer. It was energy. really hard to deal. With. You know what I'm feeling from you right now is a very strong. Um, vi- the video, the original video that you did, the with the uh, the boombox boombox video. I'm feeling no. a strong boombox. Quit bringing energy. that shit up. Quit asking <laughs> Neil. Fucking bring up the shit I hate talking about. Dude. Mixtape video rappers. All right. Well, Aziz, wait. How are you getting home? Are you yeah. No, we're all going yeah. together. All the <laughs> champs okay. are driving home together. Have to. Yeah, we got to. It's in the rider. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been fucking with the champs. That's been Aziz Ansari. Thank you so much for coming in, Aziz. Super fun, guys. Thanks for having me. Now you're fucking with the champs. Oh, yeah. Now you're fucking with the champs.